So, <clears throat> excuse me. Today we're going to be looking in Romans chapter 8 and Philippians chapter 2. We'll start, I think, um, with Philippians chapter 2 and then kind of move over uh, after we after we look at this um, and, and finish up in Romans chapter 8. So um, just kind of a little refresher. We're looking at um, sanctification today. Um, we've spent some time in Romans chapter 6. We've spent some time um, considering the end of Romans chapter 6 where it's talking about this fruit of sanctification. And we, uh, we did that by looking in Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 through 26 last week. <clears throat> Um, looking at the fruit of the Spirit, this work, I want us to understand that this work of sanctification is primarily a work of God within us that is worked out through our lives and through our efforts as well, like this working out of our salvation. So God works in us, and that's what I want us to look at uh, right now. If if you will, if you're not already in Philippians chapter two, we're going to look at verses twelve and thirteen here. This we get kind of a, a glimpse of this truth um, here in this text. Um, so let, let's let's start reading here. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his Good pleasure. Now, I want us, before we kind of dig into the sanctification part of this, I do want us to identify what this verse is not talking about, right? This working out of our salvation is not working towards being justified before God, right? So when, when he speaks of you working out your own salvation, it is not as though your salvation is unsure and you need to just be careful, right? This is not the sense in which he's giving us these instructions here. <clears throat> got a little got a little drainage going on this morning. Uh, that's not the sense in which he's which he's telling us to work our salvation out. It is not as though you still need to work to achieve or attain your salvation. Right? What he's telling us here, though, is a, is a great truth about our sanctification on this side. Right? Every one of you who are believers, we will all stand before the throne of God, praising his name, made completely holy through the work of God. Okay? Some of you on this side will see more progress than the others. Right? Y'all hear me here? There will be some of you who see greater gains on this side than others. Part of that is the effort that you put in. I want you to think about that for a second. Do you desire holiness on this side? Are you satisfied to know that you will have it completely on the other with no desire to press into it here, right? If you find yourself there, um, may the Holy Spirit convict you that you would seek and desire holiness more on this side so that you would strive for it. This is why he tells us, that he gives us this 
type of wording. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Know that God is working in you, right? Know that He's working in you, but understand that like you work in this with God. As He works into you the desire to do this, you do work in this, right? So what does that mean? Are you facing particular sin in your life that you struggle with? And do you lay down arms against that sin? Right? Do you? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling here. What do I mean by that? I mean take up arms. How do you fight the sin that's still remaining? How do you do it, Dustin? How do we fight sin that's in our lives today? The gospel. The gospel. We dig into the truth of where we are and who it is that saved us. Yes. Um, and that's the one thing I think we forget. Like, I do, might run into a lot of believers, and they're believers, but it's like, come to faith, the grace, and then heard the gospel, but then it's like all of a sudden now it's like almost separated from yeah. the rest of your wall. And it's just a misunderstanding. Like, it's never meant to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we read. And I think another fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship and like you using your gifts to sharpen me and me to sharpen you. So yeah, I think that's an important like when we think about fellowship, oftentimes we think about fellowship in the like just chill mode of fellowship, right? Like we we just like oh, let's just hang out. And there's there's definitely that aspect to fellowship, but part of fellowship is rightly using the gifts that God has given you individually as the body of Christ in service towards one another, right? So like fellowshipping in serving one another so that you encourage one another, so that you call others up. Like do we as believers, do we as a church body do what it is that Paul in Scripture, Paul was a man. A human being. He was not Christ. There is no strides in holiness that Paul made that are unattainable for you and I. Do y'all realize that? That like when we think about when I think about Paul and I look at the writings of Paul in the New Testament. I'm going to be honest. There are times at which it feels unattainable for me, right? There are times at which it's like Paul did something right. Like, didn't he? Like, who would serve like that, right? Who in their boastings would talk about the shipwrecks and the beatings and the stonings and the struggles, the heartache for the church? Like, who? It seems at times unattainable, but the truth is, the thing the gospel tells us, the thing that Paul in his writings preaches to us, is that it's not unattainable. 
The same God that raised Jesus from the dead called Paul out on that road, set him on a new path, and continued working in him. Right? The Holy Spirit changed him. The Holy Spirit worked his desires out. If we are followers of Christ, the same Spirit dwells within us that dwells within Him. The same Spirit dwells in you that told Him, get back up and go. Right? The same one that encouraged Him in His dark hours encourages us in our dark hours. Right? So when He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, again, as we've seen time after time in study, the man has great wisdom from great experience, right? Like, he can talk about endurance in a way that many of us can't because he's endured much, right? Like, when God called him, like, that call on Damascus Road is probably not a call that many of us would desire. I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my name. How many of you want a calling like that? Like, what a <laughs> It's like, dude's going to kill some Christians, and God's like, I'm going to show him how much he must suffer. <laughs> and in the end, like, look at the way that he writes. Look at the writings that he's left behind, like how much joy came from a man who suffered such great sufferings for the name of Christ. This same attitude can be ours, right? This same passion can be ours. The source is the same for he and I, for he and yourselves, right? confuses the gospel. That's why the gospel has got to be our foundation because it's like for for sin to be battled, we've got to stand in victory knowing that we did not defeat it. Christ already yes. did. Yes, that we, that mind that mind warfare that's taking place is essential. Spending time in God's word, spending time in prayer, the Holy Spirit that will lead us into holy and righteous living speaks to us most clearly when we are in His Word. Right? When we are hearing from Him, from His Word. He speaks to us and He works in that. So that fellowship, that spending time individually in, in the Word of God, that coming together collectively and sharing in the gifts of one another. Like, I wouldn't necessarily call myself gifted, right? But God has set for me a desire to teach His Word. And part of that desire to teach His Word is not because I particularly enjoy standing up in front of people or anything like that, but it's knowing that if I do this correctly... If I do it rightly, if I put my energy into it, 
right? And God works in me, and I spend time in the Word, and I, and I bring it to you clearly that your lives can be benefited from the usage of my time and energy, right? So like in that preparation, and no doubt, as Dustin prepares to, to, to stand and, and preach God's Word, like there's no question in my mind that his heart is the glory of God and the betterment of the lives of the believers that he's bringing God's Word to. Right, So he's toiling in the Word of God so that he can speak it clearly. right? So that maybe there was something that when I'm digging, and this is the, I know this has been the case, and I'm not bragging on you right now, okay? But maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little bit, a little bit bragging. There's, there's been several times that we've been going through Acts in particular that Dustin has highlighted something in the book that's, that's like, I'm like, this is, like, I'm 40. This is new. This is a, this is not new like it's a like it's a thing that's never been preached before, right? But new in like a like the, like he he took that reality and shifted it a little bit so that I saw it from a, a different angle. The light shined off of it in a different way that I saw it with fresh eyes, right? And I'd read that passage before. What is that? That's the usage of gifts for the betterment and enrichment of the lives, spiritual lives of the church. When we work together, like if I'm working, right? If I'm working out my salvation in fear and trembling, part of that, like that's not a thing that happens in isolation. Part of that is working out amongst other believers, encouraging you, encouraging me, right? Like us encouraging one another, God working this like grand scheme of the work that He's doing so that we can see this building up of the nations for the glory of Christ. Like we will see, like Corey, who's visited us, who visited with us in Honduras and taught there, now has kids this morning that are in this church. When He was visiting with us there, He was not here right he was not a member of mount carmel then but now like this crazy thing that god is doing he's teaching this morning and they are sitting in this classroom in this place like god is doing a great work to and it encourages us and builds us up and Presses us forward in His Spirit, and this we're gonna we're gonna get into this, right? Um, we'll kind of end with that the this working of His Spirit out in us in Romans eight thirteen. But I want us to look at this last part um, here in Philippians uh, two thirteen. For it is God who works in you. So ultimately, if you're if you find yourself ever. Okay, if you find yourself ever working out your salvation in fear and trembling, the foundation, the bedrock, the entire desire of you doing that is not you, right? It is not you desired to do it first. 
Okay? If you are, if you find yourself laboring towards righteousness and holiness, you must understand. You must understand that that effort did not begin with you. For it is God who works in you. And he work, we're going to see he works in you through the working of the Holy Spirit here in just a bit. But how does he work? Like, what is this mechanism? What is he doing as he works in us? He's working in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. All right? What does this mean? What does it mean to will for his good pleasure? Do you will for his good pleasure? Do you, as a follower of Christ... Think about the desires of God and what would please Him in the actions that you take here. Do you? To, to be left on our own without the working of the Holy Spirit, we would never desire God's will. You would never. This is a fundament, there's a fundamental reality here when I think about how it is in eternity that I will be more free than I could ever desire to be here, more free, and yet not ruin it all. There's only one way. There's only one way that I can use my freedom, my liberty as one of his created beings and not bring the whole thing crumbling to the ground. The only way that happens is if he changes what I want. Right? If he changes what you want. Okay? So right now, you sin because you desire to sin in that moment. Right? You desire that sin. So you act upon your desires. Okay, God is working in you through the power of the Holy Spirit to change the things that you desire so that when you stand complete in the work of Christ in eternity, your every desire will be aligned with the desires of God's heart. So you will freely act out of the desires of your heart and they will align with the desires of God's heart. Right? So today, today, we find ourselves in this kind of mixed reality where there are times where we find life working itself out in such a way that we go our own way sometimes. And then other times a moment will come and God will bring clarity through His Spirit into us and we will make the right decisions. Okay? Now, as believers, we should desire that those decisions, that, that we start making more and more of those right decisions versus more and more of those decisions that were the desire of our old wills. Right? But it is ultimately... Ultimately, God who is working within you to change the things your heart desires. Amen. How many of you does that encourage to know that God is ultimately working on your desires? The things that you love, He's working. So if you're a believer and you find yourself in a place where you're struggling with your desires, seek 
God's help because it is He and He alone through the work of the Spirit, the ministry of His Word to our hearts and the power of the Spirit to change us, that He does this work of changing our desires. And He changes our desires, right? He works in us both to will and to work. Okay, so this is the second aspect of this. So he's changing the way that you think. He's changing the things your heart desires. But this is not like there are religions, right, that would be like, I'm not, I'm not going to pick on a particular one, but I will mention, a, I'll mention Buddhism for the sake of, of highlighting a particular reality, right? Like there's this like, um, have y'all ever seen the um, the supposed guy that uh, was a Buddhist monk? And he got so, whatever their thing is, he got so in that zone that he essentially died and became petrified or whatever. Have y'all, se- have y'all ever seen this thing? Okay, um, there's this there's this tenet there, which is like um, the almost the, the central root of it, you could kind of <coughs> summarize to say that the world would be better off if we just withdrew away from it. Right? Right? Um, that we are the cause of all the world's problems. Right? Um, now, to some extent, the fallen man, that, that very much could be the case. But the reality when it comes to the Christian life is we've not been called to draw back to do nothing simply to desire the heart of God. But we've been called into an active participatory role here that we are to desire the will of God and work towards that, right? Are you there? Are you there? How do we get there? We're going to look at Romans chapter 8 really quickly. And we'll kind of, we'll finish up, we'll finish up here. So Romans chapter 8, Let's look at verses 12 through 13. Or excuse me, uh, 12 through 15. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All right. So how is it that we make this transition? How is it that we work out this salvation with fear and trembling? How does that happen? We put to death the deeds of the body. By what by what power do we do this? For if you live according to the flesh you'll die. Right? But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Are you living a life empowered by the Holy Spirit of God? Do you find yourself being led by the Spirit of God? So in other words, if we live according to the flesh, we might try. Right? 
cramping and leave, striving, focusing in on our righteousness instead of Christ. But when we live by the Spirit, we are always focused in on the righteousness of Christ working in us yes. to battle the sin for us. Yes. Not us, you know, yes, there's work to do, but it's work to do with Christ. It's a different, it's a different kind of laboring, yes. right? The motivation and heart of the labor changes because it's something led by the Spirit, right? It's not going to be fruitless efforts if the Spirit of God is working in us in this way, right? So if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So there's this active Role. The Spirit is working in us, yet we are putting to death the deeds of the body. This is working. This is what it looks like for sanctification to be played out in our lives. Verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So this is he's kind of making this connection, this reality, that this is only something that can be true for followers of Christ here. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I want you to call back to the study of adoption. Because we covered the same passage as we were covering adoption and what it means to be able to cry out to God as Father. We are children of God. If you ask of your parents, earthly parents, do they not want good for your lives? Will they not supply your needs? Right? How much more so the God of heaven, who fails not as a parent, right? Who is not a, a father that's an absent father. Who's not a father who's far away from us. Who's not a father who's too hard on us than the reaction we would expect from a good father in this regard. This same father has provided for us the Holy Spirit so that we might put to death the deeds of the body. And how do we know this? Again, the Holy Spirit here, verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. So there is this inseparable knowledge that we must cling to about whose we are as believers. Whose Father, who is it that is our Father in heaven that keeps us, that has made promises to us, that is faithful to fulfill those promises, who has given to us a spirit that gives us power over life and death. This is the same spirit that we have to wage war against the flesh that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the kind of power that we have. This power that brings dead things to life is bringing our spirit to life. 
day after day as we press into his word. So we will close out there uh, this study on sanctification and um, we'll pick up we'll pick up next week um, in a in a new spot.